Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers now will go three hours a day, the rest still away for the playoffs. Hopefully that's for another six weeks. Let's get after it. We're going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. We welcome back to the show NHL Insider John Shannon for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. We just had Eric Francis on out of Calgary. There's so much to talk about. Uh, Daryl Sutter, no longer the head coach of the Flames. This less than a couple weeks after Brad Treliving uh, doesn't come to agreement with Calgary. The Maple Leafs knock off Tampa. Edmonton advances um, in six games over L.A. And two mammoth upsets in the first round got completed last night. John, how are you doing? Great. Bob, when you bumped me to 3.30, I, I figured I was going to be talking to Jalen Nye. No, 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 no. Oh, oh okay. No, no uh, actually, we flipped about the all shows that, around. You, Oilers, Oilers now go into three hours. That's the biggest story of the week. Is it? Well, I don't, I don't know about that. Dude. Chelsea on Shed's coming up from 3 to 6. Jalen's in the mornings now uh, oh, with wow. Daryl McIntyre. So a reminder to stay tuned following our show for Chelsea on Shed with Chelsea Bird. Uh, let's, uh, let's start with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, you know, George LaRock was on the show on Monday last week. Um and I, uh, we were flying back that day as we were getting ready for Game Five against uh, uh, Los Angeles after the Oilers' big comeback. I, I thought the series was too flighty to think there there was one huge momentum swing. George was pretty confident. They, I think he said Edmonton's got LA now after the way they came back in Game Four. Were you of the similar mind? Did you share the head the same headspace? Because I did not. I thought I could flip game by game. Well, if you ask Brendan and Cam, you will hear that I said that they would win it in six after the comeback, after the three nothing comeback. I, I, I thought I, I agree with George. I thought that was exactly what you could see. You could feel it in Game Five, uh, and you know, quite frankly, even though there were ups and downs in Game Six and a fluky goal by uh, by the Kings to tie it, uh, I thought the Oilers would win in six games. Is this a byproduct of the ongoing maturation of the team or perhaps the maturation of an organization that is, you know, advancing players up through their minor league system, but also, you know, stepped up and made a couple significant additions? Obviously, the Ekholm one, you, you, you don't trade a first for a rental. You trade a first for a guy that you retain some, you know, have some currency with carrying forward and has got some term length in his deal. Uh, but the owners are just simply a, a, a far deeper team, John, than a couple of years ago, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they are, and 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 what you see, and and I and I think, I think it reflects more in one guy, Bob, than it does in any anybody else. And and I, I'd like to tell you that I'm, you know, clairvoyant, but I'm not. I see it more in Connor than anybody else. I agree. I, I see a calmness. I see a leadership. I see this team moving in the right direction because he's able to push things. I think learning from 
A guy like Duncan Keith last year was important. Uh, I, I think that it's come to this point where even though he's been the captain, this is Connor McDavid's team. He doesn't worry if he doesn't get points. He can still contribute. Uh, to me, when this team gets down, you see him on the bench and you see him talking to people. I mean, after the game, in the post-game press conference, when he's sitting there with Kaler and he calls him this little guy, you know that there's a maturation. You know that there's a leadership in Connor McDavid, and I think it's coming out in spades. He talked about Jay Woodcroft being a top, you know, top five or top three coach in the league. And sometimes you need to, you know, and we had some discussion like when Dave tipped, you know, there was rumors and speculation. And it's tough when you're the team's broadcaster to sit there and say, well, are we looking at inevitable change? But the reality is it's a results driven business. Clearly, the Oilers got the call right with Woodcroft and it just maybe speaks to today's coach and the and the other byproduct of this is the amount of history John that he had with all the players not just the guys here before when he was the assistant coach but all the guys that came up through the system I, you know I, I think there is a um, a new breed of coach in the National Hockey League uh, it didn't just start in 2023 but you, you've seen it uh, in the last 7 to and five or six to seven years, uh, I think John Cooper's in that in that uh, on that list, uh, and and I think Jay's on that list. I think Todd, in many ways, is on that list with what he's done, and I think he I think Todd has changed, and, and you know the the ownership of of and the separation between coaches and players is totally different now. You know, when you know, it's, I've already talked to some people who are interested in the job in Calgary as the manager, and 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 they talk about we have to find a coach that connect with players. We have to find a guy who can deal and understand with a young man's league. This is such a young man's league now, Bob, and I think that's what Jay does. I think Jay can connect with those guys. I think Dave Manson has learned to connect with those guys, and, and Glenn Gullitz and, and Mark Stewart. I think I think this staff learns how, has learned how to communicate with guys that are so much younger than them and put it in terms that they understand without fire and brimstone. And I think that's really important in 2023, and I think that any team that's being rebuilt right now has to look at that. I know we're going to see at some point during the course of the playoffs, but you are in Toronto. Uh, what did it mean for Maple Leafs Nation to, and let's face it, John, they were outplayed in all three games in Tampa that they won in overtime. Maybe in the past they lose that series, but they didn't. They found a way to ultimately win, even though they lost two games at home. I mean, you could see that, you know, from the fans, clearly the reaction, and they hadn't won a series since Austin Matthews was six. But it goes far beyond just the fans, doesn't it? I think it does. I mean, I think there's a ton of relief um, on the streets today and yesterday. And uh, and then the, there was the angst right away, well, we have to place Boston. And now the Leafs not only don't have to play Boston, they have home ice advantage. Uh, and I, I think there's going to be a real challenge for this fan base to get back up to, to be able to face the Florida Panthers. But, you know, this was... I mean, you could see it on the streets on Saturday night how important this was to this fan base. 
Um, you know, remember the basketball team in town has had more success recently. The baseball team in town has had more success recently. And and despite what you think, there is a there is a level of competition between those three groups. And so, what happened Saturday night was a revelation. I, I have teenage kids on my street, living on my street. And and I, I talked to one of them sat, Sunday afternoon, and then it, it occurred to me he had never seen the Toronto Maple Leafs win a playoff series. He had never seen it. So this was this was not the, the legacy of 1967. This was not people our age, Bob. This was kids, and this is important and different for this franchise trying to recapture the market and deal with young people and they did a and by winning they have ignited that fan base one more time it is it's going to be electric here for at least the next two weeks again and who knows if paul maurice can put a squelch to that what happened to boston is that just the nhl uh i think it's a little bit i mean i i think that the the the, the bergeron wasn't 100 percent you know herniated disc and playing in the last three games, David Krejci wasn't 100%. Um, you know, we all we all made jokes about you know goaltenders not having playoff experience, but they didn't have any playoff experience. And by the way, Jim Montgomery didn't have very much either. And and I know that he's been touted as a great coach, and I don't doubt that he's going to win the Jack Adams as coach of the year. But I don't think he managed the pressure of uh, of, of a seven game series very well, even in the way he played his goaltenders. So I think there's a lot. I think there's lots of lessons to learn in Boston. I think there's lots of opportunities. They still have a really good core of players. They're not, you know, even if Bergeron and Krejci disappear. Um, but I also think that, you know, you know, they didn't really feel any adversity during the regular season, Bob. And part of what the regular season and the journey of those 82 games is all about is how you manage adversity. And they never really had any until you know the start of this playoff series. That that to me is that to me is so important. I mean, if you ask a coach how to manage adversity and he can reflect on something that happened three months ago or two weeks ago, then it's important. But they never had adversity, so when they lost, I think they went into shock. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and Jay. Woodcroft has mentioned when Edmonton was down four forwards and taken on some honor back in November and early December. And I'll take it one step further, John. When Edmonton lost May the not, or sorry, uh, January 9th to LA, they dropped to 21, 18, and three. Yeah. We had over 4,000 texters to the show that day. The majority of the texters, about 52, 53% had Edmonton missing the playoffs. Yeah. That's the Oilers fan base. They didn't believe they get it. And then the team went out and went 29-5-6 the rest of the way. So the Oilers dealt with some this year. Um, I, I feel a bit like, hey, great story with Seattle. I feel bad for Colorado. I watched the final three games of the series. Colorado should have won all three of those games. They're the better A-grade scoring opportunities. But kudos to the Seattle Kraken. What a story. Philip Grubauer finally became Philip Grubauer again because he, he had not been very good in, in the two seasons that he was in Seattle. Uh, so, the, you know, the, the revenge factor is a, a factor in that. The depth of the Kraken offensively are impressive. You know, and there, I tell you what, there's, there, I want to talk about two trades. The first trade was a year ago when Ron Francis trademarked Giordano to the Maple Leafs. And what that did was put Vince Dunn in that number one spot. And it, and it, Vince Dunn had a tremendous year and has had a tremendous playoff. 
and his business partner in Adam Larson has followed suit. So that's the one trade I think that helped this team. And the other one was the Johnny Goodrow trade, because Johnny Goodrow gets uh, gets signed, Scurry gets signed in Columbus, not a trade, but a signing in Columbus, and, yeah. and within minutes, Ron Francis is on the phone to say. You have to have cap relief. We'd love to take somebody off your roster, and it was Oliver Bjorkstrand. Uh, and and really, Ron Francis managed both of those scenarios very well. He was under a lot of pressure last uh, last year to make a ton of trades from ownership, from management, and he said, "No, I'm stick. I'm staying the course. I'm staying the course." And he did it again this year at the deadline, and it's paid off for that organization. Yeah, I made a mistake earlier in the show. I said Seattle had six forwards making four and a half to five and a half. They have seven. I didn't mention they don't have Burakovsky. Right. They don't have McCann. Right. Um, it's going to be, I mean, Dallas is, they got Ottinger, one of the top five goalies in the league. That's going to be a tough series for them. John, uh, we're going to get, if, if time permitting, I'm not sure in your travel situation, but I'd, I'd like to uh, have you. Uh, join us on Wednesday as well, if possible. Yeah, sure. yep. And we'll spread you out a bit this week since we're going the extra hour each day. Um, but just, uh, I, we won't get your prediction yet, but one thing you're looking for in the matchup between Edmonton and the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, I mean, I, I think that the, the the interesting aspect for me is how Alec Martinez and, and Alex Petrangelo uh, manage either Connor or Leon. Uh, that to me is a that's a big story in this uh, in this series. If you watch the Winnipeg Vegas series, it really ter- took a turn in the first period of Game Two when Alex Petrangelo took over uh, and changed the whole complexion. And, and Vegas never looked back after that. Bob, he's a dynamic defenseman, and he's gonna he's he, he, he and he's better than Drew Doughty. He's better than anybody that they faced in Los Angeles, and he's going to be a giant factor in how the Golden Knights manage either Dreisaitl or McDavid or even both. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, you think back to St. Louis winning in 2019, and it was Larry Robinson that suggested to Craig Berube that they put uh, Bo Meester a left shot with Pareko a right shot and make that the shutdown pairing and then give second-minute matchups for Petrangelo. And, of course, uh, the advantage that Vegas has is they got two right shot. Well, Theodore plays over on the right side. He's a left shot, but they can certainly, uh, those are two guys that can really create offense in the back end. So, John, well, look forward it, to it, having it, you on Wednesday's show. Thanks for joining us. Look, look at the influence of the St. Louis Blues of that year on these Stanley Cup playoffs. At one point, with all the players we talked about, I think there are seven Blues from that 2019 team, including Petrangelo, Ryan O'Reilly, uh, the guys in Seattle Barbashev. that have <laughs> Barbashev, a huge influence on these Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, O'Reilly for me, that's, I know that there's a guy named Josh, he's got the Two Mutts podcast in town, Josh Marshall, and for me, O'Reilly was a massive pickup for the Leafs, just a guy that knows how to win. John, awesome stuff, thanks for your time. Talk to you Wednesday. 250 in Edmonton when we return. We'll close the show with this day in Oilers history, and it was an awesome one for a younger generation of Oilers fans. And then uh, we'll set up things tomorrow with Cam and Brendan and uh, Reed Wilkins as well. This is Oilers Now. 
254 in Edmonton. Let's go to List Day and Letters History. It's brought to you by New West Travel, serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. We did four Oilers now, roadies this year of New West Travel. Here's Brendan Escott. Fernando Pisani with two goals and Alice Hemsky the same in the final four minutes of Game 6 against the Detroit Red Wings. Pushed the Oilers past Detroit 4-3, earned them a 4-2 series win in the opening round. Oilers advanced past the Wings, who had four Hall of Famers to meet Carolina in their first Cup final since 1990. It was absolutely awesome. That's all I'm going to tell you. Incredible comeback by the Oilers in that game. In a series that proved they were indeed all wrong for Detroit. Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight. What's he got cooking? It's a fluid show this evening by the looks of it. There you go. Cam and Brendan host Oilers now tomorrow. Daily face-off strength serve only for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Opening day at Century Mile Racetrack Saturday, May 6th, where you'll be able to wager on the Kentucky Derby. For more info, visit thehorses.com. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. Then it's Rob Breckenridge. Oh, no, it's not Rob Breckenridge. It's Chelsea Unchent from 3 to Six with Chelsea Bird. I'll be hopping on for a quick clip tomorrow. Brendan and Cam have got you between noon and three. So long, everybody.